Well, grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, we don't often uh, talk about it, perhaps within our Lutheran church. We maybe don't even really think about it on a, a daily basis. But yet, uh, Satan is out there, isn't he? Again, I, I don't know why we, we don't like to talk about it. You know, we hear other denominations, other pastors, uh, they're preaching you know, they're talking about the evil of, of Satan, that Satan is out there, and, and maybe we just kind of tune it out even sometimes, don't we? We say, oh, who wants to hear about that, or who wants to talk about that? But yet, uh, dear friends, we see, especially in our text for today, the presence of the devil, don't we? Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, he, he comes into a, a village. He comes a, upon different situations. He begins to administer that word of God. He begins even to, to show his uh, perfection. He shows how to do things in the right way. He heals countless people. And we find that the response is people seeking to kill him. People beginning to hatch schemes to go behind the scenes and spread false rumors. People trying to catch him in his words, uh, we're told, so they can report him even to the governor. Now, I, I think for us here today, it seems almost you know impossible to uh, imagine such treatment. That here, here's someone that's a, a role model. Here's someone that has never did anything wrong. Here's someone that is only helping people. Here's someone whose words lift people up. Here's someone who has this miraculous power to be able to heal others. And he is hated by some. He's despised. By some, they, they want to get rid of him. They don't want anything to do with this Jesus. And dear friends, our Lord and Savior, he goes to great lengths to tell us, you know, if they're going to treat me like this, you, my, my followers, you who serve me, they're going to treat you in that same way. He gives us the warning. He tells us, in this world, you will have trouble. But then he gives the word of encouragement, doesn't he? But fear not. I have overcome this world. He lets us know that there will be difficulties. He lets us know that there will even be enemies that arise against us when we're doing God's work. He tells us up front about these kinds of terrible circumstances. But then he comes again and he says, but I will be with you. Do not fear, I will go through it with you. Don't be afraid, don't be worried. When temptations come, I will not let you be tempted 
beyond your strength. And another place it says, I will not let you be tempted beyond what you're able to bear. And so today we're going to be considering, you know, just what Satan does, just how he attacks individuals, just kind of what his role is in the present reality. And yeah, maybe it's uncomfortable, and yeah, maybe it seems, it seems kind of strange, but nevertheless, right, if we don't consider that, then we don't really understand what's going on, you see. And so first of all, we ask the question, well, you know, why is it that you and I, if we can gather here, we can talk about Jesus, but we're kind of uncomfortable when the, the pastor starts talking about Satan. And really, dear friends, that's really part of his plan, isn't it? We would just kind of forget about him. We, we wouldn't be able to talk about him. We'd kind of feel uncomfortable. You know, that really is the basis of his plan. Because guess what? If he can get you and I to start to blame God for the things that he does, He's already winning the battle, isn't he? If Satan begins to move against us, he begins to move against our, our friends, our, our family members, and, and then we kind of step back and say, well, I, I guess God did that. <coughs> and I, I, I wonder why God is doing that, and, and I really kind of wish God would stop Doing that? We see already our focus is taken from what the evil one is doing. We're starting to blame our Lord and Savior for it, aren't we? I don't know if you've ever fallen into that trap. You know, I, I guess I, I probably have from time to time. You're, you're having a, a bad day. Things aren't going quite right. And you're kind of saying, come on, Lord. And maybe for you, it's just been something, you know, simple. You're, you're stuck in heavy traffic and you have an appointment and you're trying to get there and you're going to say, come on, Lord, can't you just open a way? Come on, Lord, a red light right now, really? You know. Other times, it's things that are a lot more serious, isn't it? You know, you hear about a, a niece or a, a nephew that's fallen away from the church. They're, you know, beginning to do evil kinds of, of, of things. They're, you know, maybe getting hooked on, on drugs or alcohol. And again, you call out, you just, come on, Lord, why didn't you preserve them? Come on, Lord, I've been praying for this for 10 years. Why can't I have the breakthrough? Come on, Lord, why are we failing here in this particular endeavor? Whatever the case might be, if you start to blame God for the thing that Satan is doing, you maybe start to get a, a little bit angry at God. Have you ever done that? 
Or this anger, it just kind of starts to, to build within you. And you're saying, oh, you know, look what the Lord is doing there. And I just don't really like that. And look what's happening over here. And the Lord is just letting it happen. And I'm just so getting angry at him. Well, guess what? If you get angry enough, you stop coming to church, don't you? If you get angry enough, you stop praying to the one who could be helping you through it. Right? If you're upset enough, you know, pretty soon you don't want to spend time with God anymore. And again, that is Satan's plan, isn't it? He gets you to blame God for the bad things that he's doing in your life. And then he just kind of stands back and smiles and say, yeah, there we go. Look at that. Look how angry Pastor Crosswhite is today. See? Look at how he's blaming God for his difficulties. But boy, you know, pretty soon maybe I can, can get him to curse God's name. Oh. And, and dear friends, in our present culture, we hear people cursing God's name frequently, don't we? The slightest little thing goes wrong, right? The, the guy's hammering his nail and he hits his thumb with his hammer and you hear that curse of God, don't you? Because somehow if God was looking out for me, I would never hit my thumb with the hammer. Right, this world is a perfect place, right? And we say again, well, no, this world is a place that despises the Son of God. This world is a place that crucified Jesus, our Savior. This world is a place that sees exceptional people and tries to tear them down. That's what we know from experience, don't we? Someone trying to follow in the steps of our Lord and Savior, someone who's devoted their life to uh, doing good in their communities, in the world, someone who is uh, above and beyond the rest and the people out there just hate those individuals, don't they? They just hate them. They just look for the least opportunity to try to belittle them, to try to tear them down Again, because guess what? If there's people up above us doing better, it's easy for envy to set in, isn't it? It's easy for us to say, wow, I kind of feel bad when I'm around that person because they shine so brightly. And, you know, I kind of would like to shine again. And maybe the way to do that is to tear that person down. Bring them below my level. And then I can kind of be the one who can say, it's my time to shine now. Because I tore them down. I got rid of them. I did whatever. I destroyed them in some way. And now I can be the one. See, that envy. It's all part of Satan's plan as well, isn't it? And so that's number one. Satan comes into our lives. He begins to, to do bad things. He gets us to direct our attention to God to somehow put the blame upon our father. And that then makes us want to separate from him, doesn't it? 
You see, if in my philosophy, if in my mind, God is doing this to me, and it seems unfair, and I'm angry, and I'm upset, and I'm blaming him, then I begin to break the relationship, don't I? I don't know if you've been in some kind of misunderstanding with a friend or neighbor that maybe escalated to that kind of a condition, but that's really exactly what we're talking about, isn't it? Where something happened, it wasn't necessarily your fault or the other person's fault, but you began to blame that person. You experience some kind of even life-altering event and you say, oh, it was so-and-so. So-and-so started this. You know, If so-and-so had not did that thing to me, I would not be in these present circumstances. Uh, maybe that person you're, you're blaming had nothing to do with it. It, it was a, a misunderstanding. You, you got the information wrong. You, you didn't know what really was happening. And then you, though, follow through, don't you? Even based on that false information, you begin to separate yourself from that person. And you woke up every morning, and you were drying in your teeth, and you were angry, and you're becoming angrier and angry. And oh my, you see, if I only had never met so-and-so, my life would be so much better. And it's that very same way, isn't it? The anger begins to build inside. We don't want anything to do with God anymore. We don't want to attend services in his house because of that thing that happened. And it was Satan. But I gotta tell you, you know what, even just a kind of thinking about our common everyday lives, the Bible says of Satan that he is the prince of the powers of the air. That means in a sense that Satan has the ability to control weather patterns. And so what happens, you're going about minding your own business, this terrible hailstorm you know, comes through the community, right? Hail is everywhere, a bunch of things are, are damaged. Your beautiful new car that you just bought is all destroyed. The roof on your house is messed up. And, and you know, you, you come to your, your insurance agent and the insurance agent comes and he says, Oh, this was an act of God. My. Yes, an act of God has taken place, yes. And you go, oh, my, yeah, an, an act of God. Well, I'm sure glad I have insurance against these acts of God, you see. When in fact, the Bible says Satan is the prince of the powers of the air. It means he can do terrible things among people. He can send tornadoes through areas. He can send devastating hail upon our crops and, and destroy our livelihood. He can cause floods to tear through communities and you know cripple people's livelihood. He, he does these things. But again, if he can get us to blame God, 
How, how happy am I that my brand new car was destroyed in this hailstorm? I was pretty proud of my car. Now I have to worry about getting a new roof on my house. And there's this other damage. And I'm thinking, man, come on, Lord. Why did you do this to me? See, I've been pretty good. And, and I was going to church and I was giving my tithe and I had my offerings and, and I, I'm doing stuff and, and I've been serving the church for 30 years and now suddenly this happens, Lord, come on, you see. And it hits us, doesn't it? Our Lord and Savior, he wants to come. He wants to remind us once again today Right? In this world, there's going to be trouble. In this world, Satan has power. In this world, he wants to do mean things to us. In this world, he could even have the Son of God crucified. It's a dangerous place. But where... Does our hope come from? See, our hope comes from the Lord. And maybe we really wish the scripture would read, I will not allow you to be tempted. I kind of wish it read that way. Now, if God would just kind of say, okay, you know, you, you, you guys, you, you got saved and you have the Holy Spirit and now there's this nice bubble around you, you see. And, and you're going to be blessed and you're going to have finances and you're going to have perfect health and you're never going to get a cold, you're never going to get COVID and everything is going to be fine, you see. And you just kind of keep coming to church and you keep reading your Bible and everything is real smooth. And you know what? If you can just kind of hit a high enough level, you won't even get old and die. Right? And just be perfect right here. Man, that would be a nice message, wouldn't it? We could just achieve bliss here on earth. But it's not the message. I hate to tell you, right? Maybe you had you know, some illusions. You say, you know, that the last 10 years I haven't really aged and I haven't really fallen apart in the end, you know, these 10 years and maybe I could go 10 more years. But, but no, I've I, I got to tell you, the Lord, he, he, he said, I will not allow you to be tempted Beyond what you can bear. I'm not allow you to be tempted beyond your strength. What, what does that mean? It means, yeah, you and I were going to go through difficulties. You and I are even going to go through tragedies. But the Lord has said he will be with us and support us through those times. That's what the promise is. That you and I, we would be able to look realistically at our lives. We'd be able to say, yeah, you know, Satan attacked me again. Satan got me in that area. But the Lord has promised he will help me. He will get me through that heartache. The Lord has promised he will walk with me. 
You know, we have that beautiful psalm, don't we? The 23rd psalm, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That's a, a pretty scary place, isn't it? Even though my life is becoming a disaster, we could almost say that, couldn't we? I will fear no evil. Right? That means there, there's evil out there. I see the evil. Evil things are, are coming. I can even sense that they're present. Right? My life's a disaster. I, I sense evil forces at work in my world, in my personal life. I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Right, these terrible things are, are coming. I, I, I can see these disasters developing, but God is with me. I fear no evil. Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Right, the, the rod and the staff were typical things that a shepherd would carry in the ancient world. Right, he had a, a, a larger staff, Right, that he could could fight off a bigger beast. It had you know the the little crook on the end, so he could you know hook it a, around a strained lamb and pull it back from danger. And also, he, he the shepherd is carrying a, a shorter rod. He has you know a a, a rod. It's maybe about about this long. And, you know he can can use that and get um, danger gets a little bit closer. Right, and, and he's got, it's a, a fighting stick. So he has his rod, it's a, a heavy wooden stick that he uses to just beat things over the head that might come and threaten the sheep. And he, he has his staff. And a beautiful picture then of our Lord and Savior. He has a rod, he has a staff, he's standing by watching for evil, and those then become a comfort to us. Jesus is there. Jesus is helping us through disasters in our lives. The disasters, they still come. Satan is still able to send them. But Jesus says he will be with us through trying times. He will even carry us in his strong arms if we can't make it ourselves. He'll support us. He'll guide us. He'll lead us through these dark days. He will be with us. But again, we have freedom, though, don't we? It's it maybe hard to understand, but the God who loves us so much, he gives us the freedom to reject him. <clears throat> now, you, you might, again, you might, might ask, well, well, why? Because that, that's really love, isn't it? You see, if someone comes to you and they say, you are going to love me, I have decided. 
And you know, even if it means I'm, I'm going to you know put a put a, a drill in your head and kind of take out part of your brain so you don't have a choice, you're going to do it. Even if it means I'm going to chain you up in the basement so you can't go anywhere, do anything, right? I'm going to do that because you're going to love me. You say, well, that's crazy. That's insane. What do you mean? If you love someone, you know, you don't, you know, take out part of their brain. If you love someone, you don't chain them in the basement. What in the world are you talking about, Pastor? See? Because you know, God loves us so much, we have the freedom to leave. Because God loves us so much, we have the freedom to reject Him. That's the love that God has. At any moment in time, seeing some terrible tragedy taking place, you and I can go to the Lord in prayer. We can say, Lord, help me through this. Or you and I can go and we can say, Lord, I've had it with you. We can do that. Because our Lord and Savior cares for us so very much, we have that freedom. Now, how will we use that? Again, if Satan can come into our lives, if he can convince us that God is doing these things to us, if he can get us to shake our fist at God, and we can take God's name in vain, we can blame him for all the things that are happening, we're not going to ask for his help, are we? We're going to just keep blaming God. But if, on the other hand, we can see the world as it is, a place where Satan still has power, a place where Satan still moves against people, the place where Satan even could crucify the Son of God, then you and I know where to go for help, don't we? Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The Old Testament scripture says, he will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. But we have to keep that relationship, don't we? We have to be in that position where we understand what's happening. Satan moved against me. God, I need your help today. Right? Satan is messing up the lives of my nieces, my nephews. Lord, please help us through this time. Lord, I see Satan active in the world. I'm, I'm concerned. I, I'm anxious. Lord, please comfort me with your rod and your staff. See? Our, our Lord, he gives that a wonderful example of himself here for us today. The one who is perfect, the one who never did anything wrong, the one who only wanted to help and to heal and to provide uplifting words. The world killed him. 
And he came and he told his disciples, you know what, if they're going to do things like this to me, the same thing is going to happen to you. I know I went kind of through the lives of the disciples in the the past, but just kind of a, a brief reminder of the 11 remaining disciples after Judas betrayed Jesus. Of those 11, 10 died at the hands of evil men. 10 of them. One of them, the, the apostle John, right, we're told he was boiled in oil. Now, I don't know some of you, you ladies cooking in the kitchen, if you've ever had that accident where, you know, you're making French fries or something and, you know, the, the hot oil got on your hand and, and it burned you. Right? Well, for John, that's what they did to him to torture him. And, you know, most people would have died because of the burns that that John experienced. But for whatever reason, the the Lord kept him around. The the Lord allowed him to live through that experience. But he was horribly scarred. His health was compromised. He he could barely, you know, speak in front of assemblies after that event. And he, he lived life in pain and in agony. But every single day he went back to God. And every single day he asked the Lord to help him through it. And every afternoon he reminded himself that it was Satan who had done this to him, but it was Jesus who could support him and sustain him and help him through his pain. And dear friends, that's where we want to be, isn't it? No matter the health problems that we might come to have, no matter the the family problems that we might be dealing with, no matter the, the catastrophes that we see taking place within our world and the anxious and, and the, the concern that we feel, those emotions that we understand we have a Father who loves us. A Father that has made a place in the heavens where there will be no more pain and there will be no more fear, where we can live with him forever in a paradise. We have a a father that cares for us so much that he sent his one and only son to die upon the cross so that we could make it home again. In this evil, sinful world, we couldn't do it ourselves. See? The Lord comes and he says, you know, we all have sinned. We all have fallen short. And, and just committing one sin separates us from God. And, and just having one sin in our background, it blackens our record. And just that one sin means Jesus had to die for us. So we could be forgiven. So we can get home again. That the God of this universe loved each of you so very much 
that he would make that sacrifice so you can come home. That's God's love, isn't it? So dear friends, as you go out into your world again this week, you know, we're commonly able to talk about Jesus. Just remember, at least in the back of your mind, when bad things happen, it's because Satan caused them. When bad things happen in our world, it's because Satan is out there. Jesus himself said, Satan is like a roaring lion going about freely seeking whom he may devour. Evil is present. It's real. It doesn't do any good to ignore it. It doesn't do any good to to say, oh, somehow that terrible thing that happened, it must be part of God's plan. Those thoughts separate us from God, don't they? But rather, to remember we have a God that loves so very much. He weeps with us in our calamities. He cries with us in our moments of despair. He longs only to hold us in his arms, to give his comfort and strength that we might persevere that we might make it through again. He loves so much. He sacrificed his boy that we might have life. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.